Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that will get this Anchor app right eventually. Uh, my name is Frank. I'm Paul. And Scott's here, too. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, we are in the throes of figuring this out. It, it, I think it's I still think it might work well, even though we had some some struggles tonight, uh, much like my struggles to determine which of the the big reason why we're here, of course, the big choice we have to make. Uh, guys, what is your favorite Marvel movie going into this weekend's Infinity War opening? I think that's oh, what man. you listen to, right? I keep going back and forth between the Captain America movies. I don't know. I, I feel like you can't answer anything other than Black Panther right now. I feel like Black you, Panther is a ridiculously great movie. But I feel yeah. like there's no I feel like there's no way that a human can answer that question right now without it turning into that Saturday Night Live where someone says they don't like Beyonce. Right. And then a bunch of just jackbooted thugs show up and and, uh, <laughs> and that's the end of it. Yeah. I, I Which to be fair, that's how the world should work. So yeah. I, <laughs> to be fair, I'm not arguing with that, but right. just saying. That may be how the world ends up working one day. Um, I've been re-watching them in anticipation of the movie. I will tell you that I, as I watch each one, I go, oh, yeah, this is my favorite. And then I get to the next one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, but I forgot how good Iron Man 3 was and how great Winter Soldier is. And, you know, when I get to Ant-Man, I'll be like, god damn, this was a fucking funny movie. Uh, we're, anyway. We're, Anchor takes explicit labels, right? We're cool on that front? Yeah, we're just going to go with it. All um, right. So- Hopefully you got our test podcast and you're 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 psyched and you're ready and we're here. Hopefully you didn't. That was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, but it was also just like it worked is what I, I liked. About I see. It. So um, you know, that's why you don't want to hang out with us all the time because we're pretty boring in real life. Um, but in fake life, uh, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills and draft week is here. Um, I you know, the good news is like I am almost tab- tabula rasa with you two as to what the your impressions or how closely you've been following the draft um, and, and what you make of it. Um, so we can start anywhere. Um, I think that the best way to start though is uh, with the uh, one of two things, the likelihood of trades that you think that the bills will engage in. And, and if you believe that or don't believe that, or, and I'm going to let Paul decide which one you want. You can, Paul, right. you can start with that or you can start with your, um, I'm just going to direct the conversation to quarterbacks. You can tell me if you have a favorite quarterback and then a least favorite quarterback or one that you of the list that you're sort of the most uh, wary of. All right. I think I'll start with the first question is that as you have to, I believe on these, on these, well, no, I guess sure. on college, you're like, I'll answer your second question first. We'll go right to the first one. So I think there is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a 75% chance betrayed. Now that doesn't necessarily mean a trade up to two or even a trade up to five. But I think, you know, the reports are, are out there. And you, of course, come draft time, God knows where the reports are coming from and most who take with a grain of salt. But what is interesting to me is the quantity of reports about being contacting various teams to try to move up in the draft. So just the fact that that quantity exists makes me feel like the Bills are being pretty aggressive about it and they'll probably find a trading partner. Now, will it be in a spot where they can get a quarterback, obviously. I shouldn't say obviously, but I think most of us agree that that's what they are trying to do. And we're, you know, with everything that's that's going on right now, and I literally have the mock draft on ESPN on as we're going through this podcast now. You know Cleveland's going to take one, I re- and it's probably going to be darn old. You know, yes, there's a lot of reports on Mayfield right now, but you never know. 
you know, will Saquon Barkley go to the Giants or will they decide they need to have someone ready for Eli Manning? The Jets are taking a quarterback. There's no doubt about that to me. As I look at who's going to be available when the Bills pick at, you know, two or five or 12 or, you know, 45, they decide to trade all their picks out of the round and get future first round picks because they just give up. I would, I think they're leaning hard for Rosen. That is, you know, I think, and I don't know if that's a settling pick or not, but I think that's who they, they like and who they want to get. And if they can't get him, maybe they'll, they'll move on down. But I don't really have a favorite. This is where Scott's input is so valuable. As someone who watches more than uh, four to six college football games a year, uh, this is his area of expertise, so I won't waste too much airtime on it. But I think they will move up. I think the odds are good. Like I said, three and four uh, odds that they'll move up. And I do think they'll get a quarterback, as to which is my favorite. I don't know. We'll let, we'll let Scott decide who my favorite is. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean – I think they're going to, I think they're going to try. I mean, I think it takes two to tango. I mean, I think there are, I think you have, you know, as Paul mentioned, you have a realistic shot at the giants pick, um, you know, the giants, you know, it's tough with them because supposedly they don't want to move down to 12 because they still feel like they can get value in the top 10 with other trades if they need to, or they can just take their guy at two. Um, I feel like, so I feel like two is probably not an option. I feel like four is an option with the Browns. I feel like five is an option with Denver. And I feel like six is an option with Indy. I think all of those put you in play for a quarterback. Now, I think obviously you have to, once you've kind of, hopefully once you've settled your giants question, once you've figured out, presumably that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure out what's going on with the giants. If the giants are going to make a deal, then the bills want to make that deal. And if the giants are like, no, this is too high of a pick then hopefully you've been able – I think that the theory is is that they are not going to take a quarterback. I think that is, that is the, the theory, if they hold on to that pick, um, because they, they want to they you know, stick with Eli. So then that means they're going to take a non-QB. So then the Jets take a QB. So at most you've taken two QBs in that first three, which means that Rosen or Allen or Darnold or Mayfield, are, who to me are the top four, and really for me it's Allen is, is number four, uh, pretty solid as we talked about last time. I feel like you've still got a shot at getting one of those if you can get to the Browns at four. So I feel like that's that's where you have to look if you're the Bills. Um, and that's a kind of a, a long, you know, obviously we've had relationship with them in the past. We just did a deal with Tyrod for them. So clearly that we know the we know where their kind of asking prices are. So I feel like that's definitely something we have to look at. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, it, it has to be QB. And, and yeah, I mean, so for me, I mean, I think it's it's tough for me between um, Darnold and Mayfield, but that's just by a hair over Rosen. I'm not too terribly concerned about – I think Rosen will be fine. I think there's some concerns about, like, his deep ball accuracy a little bit, um, you know, and maybe he whether or not he's got the arm strength for Buffalo, um, whether or not – I think a bigger question for me is the – personality thing with Rosen. Um, I read the very long ESPN profile that they did of him um, and whether or not he will fit in with, you know, I think, you know, Paul has lived in Buffalo recently and he can probably speak better to the changing demographics of Buffalo, but I wonder how they would handle a kind of outspoken liberalish um, quarterback in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, fine in the inner city. We'll see about the suburbs. Yeah. Where they, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that'll be the, uh, the inner, the, uh, 
I think that the answer to that might be to whether he can throw touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's true. He has a lot more rope if he gets him back to the playoffs. Um, Remember, the city yeah. embraced OJ Simpson, so you we know, can come around. Yeah, and then got really, Miami, got really pissy. Yeah, then the right really pissy when the rest of the country was like, "What? They were they we." Buffalo had amongst the last white people to believe <laughs> in OJ. <laughs> so they'll, they'll make they'll they'll make do if he's if he's getting to the playoffs. Um, so I think so maybe the better question is whether or not he fits with um, McDermott and being their kind of right. cultish kind of focus on personality and and life choices and such. Um, so I think and you know I think you have the same question to a certain extent with Mayfield in terms of some of the antics that he's done. But I think you can you know write that some of off as you know immaturity or, or something like that you know presumably rosen would get that same pass but um anyway so the, i think those are interesting kind of questions um but for me yeah i mean if you if the bills you know i, I think my dream scenario for the bills is they get into the top is they don't get two and they don't i don't think they need to they get four or five from browns or denver and they don't have to give up the they don't have to give up the King's ransom to a certain extent. And I'm okay with giving away a first round pick next year, because again, if we get a QB this year that we like, then hopefully we don't, that pick isn't worth as much. Um, and then, you know, if we give up, let's say a first round next year, and then, you know, one second and one third this year, and that lets us get up six or seven spots or eight, eight or nine, whatever it is. I feel like that's, that's our best case scenario. Then we can still continue to fill many, many of the holes that we still have on this team. Right. And I think that's key right. because they have so many holes to fill still. Sorry to jump in on you there, Frank, but that was just what was occurring to me. Like, I don't want to necessarily see them give away a ton of picks to move up because I, with the number of holes on the roster, they need some picks. I think it's a good point. And I think that also to keep in mind is like next year, the, the, um, the, not the free agency. Yeah. The free agency, the, the cap space frees up a lot. Um, and it's a lot easier to fill some of those holes, not all of them, uh, by paying for them as opposed to drafting them. Um, and I, so I think that there is a little bit of wiggle room to give up some of those picks um, either this year or next year because you'll, you're going to have the room uh, financially to sign players. Um, I think it's funny, Scott, and you're not the only person – you didn't really say this, but it brought up the – you know, I, I just think it's funny that um, – I don't really have a problem with Baker Mayfield and what he did. He, it does seem like a bit of immaturity, um, but I do think it's funny that for some people there, there's a, a bigger hangup on um, potentially a fairly mature attitude towards um, even if it's one we don't agree with or do agree with about uh, a quarterback's role in, in society and, and whether you should use that platform for a larger thing, you know, that's somehow more troublesome than a guy who's like immature uh, for some coaches. Yeah. And I think that's clear. I think it's clear that, um, you know, a guy like Rosen, uh, while he might be my wet dream, uh, is sort of, <laughs> is, you know, n- is probably not going to fit in to a lot of locker rooms um, and probably not the Bills one for exactly the reason you, you stated. Um, I like Rosen because I think that he's, from everything I've understood, he's the most like ready that, you know, he's the guy who could probably step in and have the least trouble transitioning and the, and, and maybe Darnold too. Darnold had, it's funny because you we're in that point a year now where uh, I've heard every quarterback attached to the Cleveland Browns at one, except for Lamar Jackson and, and Rudolph probably uh, yeah. Rudolph. Yeah. Who I want to call Maya Rudolph. No, it's, it's, um, it's a but, challenge. We, it's, it's like when the bills had all that, I feel like the bills have had a, just an abundance of those names where you're just like, Oh, right. I'm just going to call you uh 
you know, C.J. Spiller, even though your name's T.J. Graham. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but, like, even Dar- – but you've also got, like, all the uh, people really pointing out, okay, Darnold's uh, young, and his he has a delivery that you're not really going to correct, which is a little loopy and weird, but he, he seems to do well. And Rosen has those issues about, you know, whether he's going to fit into a locker room or, or create a headache for the front office, as well as some other pol- unpolished stuff. Uh, Josh Allen, I don't know if you saw the SB Nation front page post today, um, and I'm going to actually pull it up because it was worth reading the headline for. Um, Josh Allen's stats overwhelmingly oppose him as the number one pick. The first line is, if Josh Allen succeeds, his GM will have outsmarted basically all regular humans and the entirety of math itself. <laughs> if, this works, if this works, then stats really are for losers, I guess. And it literally is a litany of every possible way to measure other than hand size and height yeah. it's it's everything and he just doesn't make sense anywhere um so that's what scares me is like if they take him like yeah, oof, yeah it's like, definitely bus. i mean i think that's the thing i mean i think the, the 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 way that i've been seeing the tea leaves be read by the people who are supposedly in the know and obviously they've been proven wrong many times is that Cleveland's kind of centered around either Darnold or Allen. And yeah, I pray, I pray with every fiber of my bills uh, being in my brain. um, Boy, I love moderation um, that they take Allen. And then that leaves, that leaves, you know, Rosen, Darnold or Mayfield, two out of the three at four or five, if we get there. We want the Browns to Browns before the Bills can Bills. Exactly. Although we don't want the Browns to Browns so much that they take quarterbacks at one and four. (laughs) Right. That would be something else. (laughs) Um, I did hear, I mean, some people are saying like, if they took Allen, then, then maybe the Giants would be like, like there was some thought that like Darnold was the only quarterback that they would want to take over Barkley. And so like, in one way, taking Allen is good for the Bills, but in another way, it's not good because now two quarterbacks and really three quarterbacks by the time the Jets take, you know, Baker Mayfield. Um, so I, it's it's um, it's almost impossible to read. Um, but we are at the point where um, everybody's sort of been connected to everybody. I would be okay with a Lamar Jackson um, if they can't trade up. Excuse me, sorry. Um, I Mason Rudolph has sort of fallen off for me. I haven't paid as much attention to his um, his build out because I think that he's so pushed down the draft board compared to these other guys. That um, I feel like, and and Lamar. I feel like now you've said the Bills are going to pick him at twenty two, but that's (laughs) well. If they do, then like if if it turns out that like they don't really like one of the guys at twelve, and then I mean. They need to come away with a first-round quarterback, and the higher, the better, certainly. But um, you know, and I'm I'm very okay with trading stuff. And maybe that's the next question: is is there is there too much to trade up for a quarterback? Um, I certainly, you guys both hinted at that, um, but I'm not sure where I'd want to draw that line. Um, it's almost like when you're you're bidding on a house or a an eBay auction for those of us who don't have houses, like, you know, do you want to lose it out for two bucks? Like you really want this thing, but you're going to like, you know, not do it over two bucks and then maybe not get it. That's kind of how I feel about this. Like if you really like the guy and you can get to three or four and get, or get to four or five and get him, I'm, I'm not sure what the too much price is. Um, I guess that's, it's not so much that I don't, I, I'm okay with trading everything. It's away, tough because but, I feel like the, they've, 
that Bean has repeatedly said that, you know, the job of the GM is to find the franchise quarterback. Like that is how you win right. the league. And it seems, it seems like by doing that, he's raised expectations sufficiently that if they hung around, if they took, you know, if they took, you know, Mike McGlinchey, who's the best left tackle at, you know, 12 or whatever, um, there would be some there, there he'd have to, uh, and then and then stuck around and had 22 picked up Mason Rudolph. I feel like they would have to call the police to One Bills Drive to kind of hoard off the, the angry fans, you know, circling with pitchforks. So I feel like he's built expectations enough that I don't think he's going to pull anything too crazy other than trying to get – I mean, if he can if he can say with a straight face, he, he tried to get up and everyone was gone by the time they got there, so they stuck and that's what they were left with, then – that's tough, but I could see him maybe trying that. But but saying the plan was all along that we were creating smoke and we really wanted Rudolph to fall to us at twelve, that I don't buy. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with Lamar Jackson other than uh, we have had Lamar Jackson on the team uh, a couple of weeks ago and we traded. Right. So I don't I don't know why that would suddenly make sense for this coaching staff. Now again, I was not I I was very conflicted about that move, so I'm not gonna throw Jackson under the bus just if we get him I will ask a lot of questions about what the direction of the team is but him as a player has a role in this league in that Mike Vick style where you can get to the NFC championship game with that kind of a player and probably right Mm -hmm. um okay so and and just for for conversation's sake nfl.com has three different people doing Mock drafts, one of them, they have the Bills taking Lamar Jackson at 12 uh, for, if you were wondering, in this one, Darnold, Mayfield, and Rosen are already all off the board. And then Allen goes to the Dolphins at 11. So really, he they're taking the fifth best quarterback, or they're taking the fifth quarterback at 12, not having traded up. Then there's another one where Rosen falls all the way to 12. Um, I have at least seven NFL mock drafts, Frank. I don't know where you're Right. Yeah, I'm watching the I'm watching the one on ESPN right now, and they still have uh, they've only selected Darnold and Mayfield so far, and we're all the way up to pick eight. So this is this okay. is this so is Dar- engrossing for something that's totally made up. <laughs> this one has Darnold, Mayfield, and then Allen going to the Broncos at five, and then uh, Rosen being the fourth quarterback at twelve for the Bills. So that's sort of that's the other thing. Like if they if they get to like a certain point, right? Like if it gets to six and the quarterback you like is on the board, well, then you're kind of in good shape because there's not a lot of teams that are running for quarterbacks. Yeah. And the only other ones that would really want them, you should have more draft capital than anybody else. And everybody knows that. And they should be calling you saying, hey, the Cardinals are, are looking to move into this spot. Would you want to move up now? Uh, and you know, match or beat their author offer. And then the other the one yeah, is, is trying to beat them to the yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. And then the dolphins is another one that is sometimes people are saying quarterback, sometimes not. And then we have this one where it goes, Josh Allen, one Baker Mayfield three, and the bills get into five for Sam Darnold. And then one more on NFL.com. So really four different ones. Uh, we got Sam Darnold at one um, and the bills, get up to five to take Josh Rosen. Um, so there you go. What, what the Bills Browns Patriots should do in round one, which is a weird grouping. 
That's a weird grouping for an article, but okay. <laughs> um, what else do the Bills need to do? I think the question could be, what don't they need to do? Because let's, <clears throat> right. excuse me, we'll get into this in a little more detail a little bit later, but they have a new needed offensive guard, which means you really. Well, no, actually, you know what? Let's, you're right. Let's do that now. Let's, let's talk about the strange Richie Incognito story now, and then we'll talk about more needs. Right, the rest of the team, yeah. Yeah, what the hell happened? <laughs> that was something else. That in in these, you know, it gives you some insight into he's and this has been brought up on Twitter by numerous people. But he's he's got some some issues going on here, and I'm not quite sure if he's yeah. just pissed or frustrated. I don't know, Scott. <laughs> I, I started the last time, Scott. Sorry, I'll let you jump in on this one. But I it was shocking to me to how that all went down. I'll just briefly say, like, I I don't know a lot of NFL players personally. And I would suggest that, and again, you know, reading like the Rosen interview and, you know, interviews I've read, you know, there's a certain type of, uh, you know, pride uh, bordering on arrogance that I would suggest that most NFL players have. But this seems like a level of hubris that is, um, I would say certainly, I mean, again, he's been a fine player for us, but he's also 34 or whatever. Let's not, yeah. Let's not uh, thumb our noses at our uh, guys who are paying us all the money of dollars before we're about to functionally retire in two years. And let's just uh, take a take a step back on the Hall of Fame talk, just yeah. for a, just for a couple of years before you make like four more Pro Bowls. I'm gonna say before you can really get in that conversation. So that's that's all I'll really say about Richie. Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy with. With Richie, not to use that, it's probably a bad word choice on my part, but yeah, he's he's not a Hall of Fame guy. He's a good player, and don't don't get me wrong, this this hurts the interior of the the line for sure, which we'll talk about when we hop back to the draft. But you know, above all, to to watch how he just kind of first he's uh, aggravated about having to take a pay cut. Fine, I get it. He fires his agent. Fine, I I get it. That that's you know maybe not the right way I would do it, but you know he he felt the need. Then all of a sudden you retire and then you drop hints that you're going to show up to practice on Monday, but he's on the reserve list. And I think this is, as Scott noted, he was not part of the long-term future. The The bad sign is even after he returns some money and if the Bills make some other cuts in the regular season, they could look, they might very well hit 50 million in dead cap spaces here, which would be incredible. But of course, then when you lose a veteran player, you know, you also end up, you know, saving money for the long term. And as Scott noted, someone in his mid-30s, definitely not bad that he is going to, you know, move on early in terms of the long term. In the short term, this is definitely gonna gonna hurt the Bills. But yeah, Richie's an, he's a strange bird. You know, you know, he's he's been he's had a very colorful career with obviously, you know, he had the issues in, in Miami and he seemed seemingly had put that part behind him he's kept his nose clean the entirety of the time he's in buffalo but for for it to end like this you know i thank him for all his his service to the team he really did help the running game immensely you could tell by LaShawn mccoy's reaction that he said he would give him what was it like five hundred thousand dollars cash if he rushed for uh 1200 right. yards this year you know he he definitely recognizes it richie's indispensable but yeah it was very odd terms to go out on in the long term i think it's you know, helpful for the team, helpful for him. The team is probably good to maybe get a little bit of the, you know, the the instability out of the locker room in that regard. But I think this is going to hurt him next year. 
it is. I mean, I, I don't think there's any way, um, it, especially with the, the, the leaving of, well, the trading of Glenn and the, and the, you know, the unfortunate retiring of Wood, um, you know, on a line that, I mean, how quickly did this go from a strength to, I think someone else said this when we were just talking about Glenn and Wood, like what, how quickly did this go from a strength to uh, a weakness uh, on this team anyway? Um, All right, welcome back. I'm not sure um, what we were saying there. I, was I in the middle of uh, some stuff about? Uh, yeah, Anchor decided it didn't like uh, your take on Incognito and then dropped us immediately. That's ridiculous. Um, okay, so well, anyway, I was just getting to the point. Again. It was very strange how it all went down because I didn't think that his, his I didn't quite believe his health concerns um, because the way he sort of acted on Twitter. And I was basically saying if I was the Bills, I would have blocked him on Twitter the way they were sort of like, he was pinging uh, their their website constantly. It seemed annoying, and uh, I don't know. You're right; he kept his nose clean, but he also. I was expecting, you know, I wasn't very keen on him when they signed him, and good for him for making a little bit of money before he leaves. <laughs> and he'd given the appearance of change while he was there. He did help, you know, in terms of getting them back to the playoffs because the running game was really what right. got them there, and he was a big part of that. So it's certainly one of those where. I, I don't regret the signing. I think he's done well. I think he's going to hurt them, like I said, in the short term. But you know what? Uh, you know, be, best of luck to him. I think it's a good thing that everyone's moving on here. Yeah. No no, no ring of fame for, for Richie. Yes, I don't no, think no, so. no ring of honor. We'll, we'll leave him off. He, we won't be retiring whatever number he wears. No 62. Ring. I'm just guessing. Yeah. So uh, he creates a bigger hole on the offensive line. Uh, in addition to the, what I would say was dearth. Not the good kind of goal. Right. right. Um, a dearth of wide receivers. Uh, just, just tell us what we have. That might be shorter. Yeah, well, we're we've, got back, right, we're, we've, we've got some tight ends. Well, we have an old running back, uh, right. which could still be good. And I guess you'd go into the season thinking he'd be good. Wait, we but, have two old running backs. Hold on, Frank. Let's be fair. We, we have Chris are. Ivory full of old running how did we spend that much money on chris ivory um, <laughs> we have aj mccarron um we have the corpse of ben kelvin benjamin uh yep. that's not fair he, like his injuries weren't that bad um we have zay jones 
Charles Clay, and allegedly, you know, we have a we have a we have a a, a secondary, right? Like the secondary is pretty yes. good. Right. We were kind of got a question mark at one of the corner spots, but you still have Poyer well, and Hyde at the safety position and Tredavious White. What's that, Scott? We kind of need a nickel. We need a, we need a nickel corner, though. We have Davis to replace um, Gaines, but didn't we lose? Um, we, yeah, we lost a uh, – was it Lafayette Pitt? I forgot who we – we lost one of the – or Leonard Johnson. We lost one of the nickel backs. Yeah, so we're a little thin there, too. And Davis has got the injury history, so. I was just going to say, this is how you remind me that we still need a nickelback. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. It took me an extra second to get that, and my life would have been enriched if I never had. This is how you draft a nickelback. Oh. Our listenership just plummeted, I think, on, on that. But, you know. Oh. We'll see if Anchor even gets the podcast out. So there you that's, go. That's a good point. This could be talking. It's great. Um, uh, okay, so let's so so let's assume let's assume that you, you can do it either way. You cannot. You guys, I'll let you guys either say. Right. Uh, By the way, in the ESPN draft, the Dolphins have just drafted uh, Josh Rosen, and the Bills oh. are on the clock. Oh, the oh. Bills are so mad. <laughs> so mad. All they had to do was trade to ten with with Oakland, and they yep. would have been set. Um, so let me let me ask you guys if you um, had to draft. Let's ask Scott because Scott's going to know more because he's the college football fan. Um, in the first round, if you're not taking a quarterback, or let's say you've already taken a quarterback, um, who do you want to take at twenty two or later, or however it works out? What's the other piece in the first round the Bills need to take on Thursday? So I have I have gone in my head in the last two days. I've gone through the first kind of two rounds at least. So okay. I'm, I'm happy to, to to do so for the second for that picket twenty two. So for me, your targets need there need to be wide receiver or linebacker. Um, the problem is is that for me, there's only really one guy who I would put like a solid first round game uh, first round grade on not again not that I like am the expert certainly but but Calvin Ridley is is that guy so he's uh, you know the number one guy at Alabama very much kind of like uh, a I would say a just as fast probably not as physical Julio Jones but very much kind of in that vein of receiver of a guy who can separate a guy who can get deep a guy who can catch the ball can go in traffic um, you know knows his routes all that um, the problem is that with Dallas picking at 19, all the, all the talk is that they are just going to lock him up because he should be around there then. And then the other two guys who are kind of talked about as like first-round talents, one of them is Cortland Sutton from, M- from SMU, which, you know, Dallas, take him. He's from SMU. Christ, it's like five miles away. You get a lot of, you know, SMU fans. Oh, wait, they're already all Dallas fans. Um, so uh, that – so that's a bit of a problem. So for me, I think you end up with um, having to take a, um, you know, like DJ, like DJ Moore is another guy that's talked about as a first round guy. He's not a first round guy to me. Um, he's, he's like a good quality. Uh, so for me, you go to linebacker at that point. Um, the kind of the two top ones are probably off the board at 22. So that's Rokon Smith from Georgia and Tremaine Edwards from Virginia tech. They're kind of picked to go in that like, Definitely no longer, no lower than top 15. 
if either one of those guys slips past there, then maybe think about trying to snag him um, because we, we absolutely need a middle linebacker. Um, and, but that said, you know, I think there is still one guy who I, you know, a lot of the, the drafts have him have uh, us picking Leighton Vander Esch as out of Boise state. Um, I'm not, again, like, I don't think he's worth a first round pick for me. I mean, I think it's close. Apparently he's got the athleticism. I did not watch a lot of Boise state games this year, but um, he, you know, in, in general, I don't have a principled stand against Boise state players or players from smaller schools, smaller conferences, but um, he doesn't even have that much experience. Like I think he's only been playing for like two or three years, um, like football, football. <laughs> um, so that's, that's a little concerning from a guy who I want to kind of plug and play. And there's a perfectly good run, uh, linebacker, Rashawn Evans from Alabama, who in a lot of the drafts ends up going to the Patriots, like a pick or two later. And I feel like he should be on the board at 22 and he's the safe kind of solid pick. Um, you know, obviously we had kind of the thing with Ragland and that really sort of, he got kind of caught between the coaching change and an injury there. Uh-huh. I think Evans is a little, is a little better in coverage than Ragland ever was, which is, I think why he will do okay in this defense. And I think he's just as good of a, of a run defender. And that's, and we do need someone who can flow to the ball behind, you know, Williams and Latula And I feel like that's, so if, it, if Ridley's on the board, you take Ridley because I feel like there's two or three linebackers I'd be okay with in the second round. Whereas I feel like it's a little thinner on wide receiver in the second round, but I feel like, um, I feel like that's probably not going to happen. So I think you end up taking somebody like, you know, Rashawn Evans, if he's there. So there you go. Right. And, and Scott was dead on because uh, according to ESPN draft going on right now, Roquan Smith went at eight to the bears and Tremaine Edwards went at 13 to Green Bay. So they're probably not going to be available, but I definitely agree in the bills, by the way, uh, when you found out Josh Rosen went to, uh, to Miami, I'm guessing yeah. you guys have your guess on who the bills picked at 12. And according to Mike Rodak, I didn't, I don't know what other quarterbacks, I, whatever. Josh, quarterback Allen. Josh Allen was the one who was God. left. So that's, that's who that's they've, me. they've, they've that's who Mike Rodak has picked in the ESPN <sighs> mock draft, which for the record, I do not know if they allow trades. So, Fair. Uh, the only thing that would make me more mad is if they traded up for Josh Allen. <laughs> like that's the list of things that would make me mad. But <laughs> right. I, th- I, th- I think Scott's definitely right with the positional focus. You know, the line- linebacker and the interior line, probably the two biggest things really anywhere on the line, because we're assuming Deion Dawkins is going to be great, but whether he is or isn't, you're going to yeah. you know, have a need at the other tackle spot. The interior line's a a mess as we've discussed. I don't think you're going to shell out too high a pick for a running back. The bills simply, yes, they have an old running back, two old running backs, as we've pointed out, but it's not a huge positional need right now. So I think, you know, you're going to look at linebackers and if there's an exceptional one left, I think that's who you pick. Otherwise I think you stay to the interior line. And then the only other exception I could make to this rule is if they have someone who is, literally like top 10 on their draft board that's fallen to 22, you know, regardless of position, assuming the position is not quarterback and they've already taken it. Well, no, if they'd already taken a quarterback, then they wouldn't be taking another one, but you know, we'll, I would be fine with them taking a position of need, even if it's somewhere like cornerback, because you know, Vontae Davis is no sure thing and you're going to need three corners on the field a lot of the time anyway. The, I just like to remark quickly that, um, it's amazing ESPN is airing a mock draft 
literally on their television two days before the accident. Yep. And I'm sitting here watching. Though to be fair, I would not be watching this if there were a, an, an engrossing baseball game on right now, and if we weren't podcasting on this very topic. Right, like if the Nats were playing or or a good team, then yes. maybe we'd watch that instead. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the question is, what gets better ratings: the right. NHL playoff game tonight or the ESPN mock draft tonight? The oh, yes. NHL would be terrified to think about it. Right. It's it's undeniable and 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 my interest in the draft is always a little more than passing but i have not been able to get away from it and i don't really want to if i'm being honest like i've tuned in every day to the radio and been like i know we're going to talk about the same shit today but i still want to hear it because until it happens i'm obsessed with it um you know i, I like scott's um analysis as well do you think scott is there is there so you you said you wouldn't believe uh, being if he was like the plan was always to get Rudolph at the, in the twenties and draft somebody else at twelve. Did you did you entertain any thoughts of anybody at twelve that you uh, thought so so not back? so no I mean so when I was picking out my kind of realistic dream scenario it was that we needed to move to four five or six to assure us a chance at you know at least one of those kind of again for me it's top three. I could see them thinking that Allen is one of them and feeling like they needed to get into that top six to get a shot at one of them. Um, I feel like Jackson is not who they want, is not that type of quarterback. I feel like if they wanted, again, they wanted him, they could have gotten, you know, they could have kept Tyrod or, or a version of him. Um, and then uh, a version of him, they could have just tapped him. Um, right. And then, you know, I never really thought about Rudolph. I think, I mean, I think uh, maybe that's a failure of imagination on my part. But I also would say that I think that the it's it would be really surprising that they they if they thought that they could sell that to the fans um, the way that they've kind of built this up at this point. Well, right. okay. oh, the greatest sale would be is if they do that, but it actually works out. But going again, that's sure. I mean, going way it, in hey, the future. I'm hoping he does awesome. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's certainly a good quarterback. Um, I mean, he has. I, you know, the, the thing is, you know, they say, you know, the, the top 10 picks, if you pick a quarterback there, it's like a, you know, a one in three chance or a one in, or a one in two chance that it's going to work out. And he's going to be at least a starter for a couple of years. If you get a guy in the second round, and I think he's a second round talent, it's like a one in 10 chance. So, you know, it's not impossible and it does happen. It's just not as likely. Um, I think that that is excellent analysis. Um, but I, you know what? I don't want to belabor something that's going to happen in two days. Uh, that's going to be awesome and a lot of fun. And it's going to be more fun to probably, it's going to be easier and more fun to talk about it after it happens in a way. Um, so we've talked about holes. We've talked about quarterbacks. We've talked about trades. We have talked about Richie Incognito. Um, I don't think I'm missing any other Bills news. Am well, I we have the um, oh the uh, we do have listener questions on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, we do. Oh, good. I didn't think we would. I'm sorry. Uh, I'd be happy to entertain those and then do this day in Bill's history and then wrap up for the evening. I think that's a, a beautiful plan. Uh, we have one. I see we have Twitter questions. We had Twitter uh, comment, and it was just a sarcastic one from Orlando. So I'll cover that. He uh, said he likes the punter from the College of the Sequoias for our first round pick. Kid can really boot it. So. That's where Orlando's thinking. 
I asked, you know, I don't know if they can get him without trading up. So that was my concern. Very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to win those. You got to win that, uh, you know, field position. Yep. So flip the field, right? Uh, did we, so, oh, did we, we lost Scott. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Well, let's, was there any more questions? And then we'll come back for this day in Bill's history with him. Sure. Uh, Facebook question was, do, 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 do. First from Phil Arnold. I know nothing about college football, really, but based on all I've heard, I want, assuming Sam Dowd off the board, Baker Mayfield. Whether he'll be there at five or six, we can trade to there. Not sure if I want us to go all the way to two, but it's going to be exciting whatever happens. I guess questions are, what's priority with the remaining picks? O-line or linebacker? We're pretty empty on the line. At the and a young QB needs to be protected. So, yeah, those are good points. I think they do need to look at, to honestly, both the O-line and linebackers we, we discussed. And you just take whichever one's the best. But I think they really do need to get that QB higher. And, yeah, if Mayfield's there at five or six, I think that, you know, that's a guy you, you want in there. Um, All right. Well, let's, let's uh, get Scott back, and then we'll do the next one. All right. Okay, Paul, what's the next one? All right. Next Facebook question is from Phil Arnold. Uh, he notes where, where he is, he'll be up watching anyway. The draft starts at 1 a.m. there, and he'll probably make it till about 3 a.m. Wow, I really, wow. really hope that the Bills have picked by then and they haven't kept trading down. You actually get to see them pick someone, Phil. Josh, uh, Josh Pinnell. Do I feel the draft will go as if the Bills trade up to two, which that's, that's going to be tough, Josh. We'll see if they can manage that. They should get Rosner Dar- Darnold. Uh, if they trade up to four or five, it will be Mayfield or Allen. If they stay at 12, they should go with Jackson. And if for some dumbass reason they don't get any of those, get Rudolph 22. But what do I know? It's all crapshoot anyways. I just hope my Bills get a QB Thursday night, please. So I think we're all in the same vote on the general, which, you know, yeah, we wouldn't be a huge fan of Rudolph 22, but if the alternative were no QB there, I, I would take Rudolph at no QB in the first round, meaning I would also take Rudolph at 22. Yes. Okay. And that was, I guess I'll transition. Should I transition right into this day in Bill's yes, history? Yes, that was my failing as a host to transition to this day in Bill's history. Why not? Um, let's do that, and then no, we'll – At this point, dear, you are a devoted listener. We should give something away. Give we away have this podcast. So we are going to go back 30 years ago today, 30-year anniversary. The uh, Buffalo Bills decided today on April 24th of 1988 to draft a Hall of Famer as they will try to do this coming Thursday, May, whatever the heck Thursday is, April 26th. So on April 24th of 1988, the Buffalo Bills had the prior year to set this up, traded away their first round pick. They had, they, the uh, Cornelius Bennett, <laughs> the Colts were unable to come to an agreement on a contract. Bennett was then dealt to the Buffalo Bills from the Colts in a three-way trade. The Bills lost a ton of draft picks in this trade, including their number one in 1988. So the next year comes by. There was some extensive debate because the second round was coming around in the, the draft. And mm-hmm. someone that was coming up for the Bills that they said uh, they can't believe had fallen to them at 40th overall. Is that and, really today? Is this really today? This is really today, April 24th wow. of 1988. You can, can look it up. I know this uh, one. Yep. I know where so, we're going. Yeah. 
So the uh, it recalls Bill Polian, who I'm also watching on the uh, on ESPN right now. So as the second round began, we convened in Mr. Wilson's office, recalled Polian. Now, when this article was written, now Indianapolis Colts president, referring to mm-hmm. Ralph Wilson, we said, Mr. Wilson, it's your call because it is a gamble. You have to make that decision. Wilson then provided a memorable response. Hey, life's a gamble. Go ahead. So the player that the Bills ended up drafting uh, was, you know, was he the – he was a running back. I'll give you that much. The running backs drafted before him, all, of course, Hall of Famers, Gaston Green, John Stevens, Lorenzo White, Brad Muster, Craig Ironhead Hayward, Icky Woods, and Tony Jeffery. Now, in their defense, okay, none of them are Hall of Famers, but at least I've heard of all of them except for Tony Jeffery. I do not know who you are. This Bill's back. It just wrapped up a stellar career for the Cowboys, where he led the team to a pair of 10 and 2 seasons. That's the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Two bull bursts and single handedly put Oklahoma State on the map at a school record 898 carries in his career. After suffering a partial ACL tear his junior season, his value plummeted. And if you have a chance, go to buffalobills.com. They wrote a story on April 13th of 2010 called Bill's All-Time Draft Memories about him. Because into much of this, he thought Houston was going to take him because he talked to Jerry Glanville. Time was going on. The ESPN crew actually asked him if he wanted to leave at the end of the first round because, or if they wanted to leave at the end of round one. And he said, no, you guys come out here and wanted to see me and get drafted. And you thought I would go in the first round. It would have been a great story for ESPN and myself and my family. So when they asked me if I wanted to leave, I said, no, you guys are going to stay here until I get drafted. So it ended up being the 40th overall selection. He got a call from the Buffalo Bills. He then talked to his teammate Hartley Dykes and his family. And they said, you know, hey, you know, tick them all off on the on the football field. So Scott is the one who knows who the answers to all this. Do you know this uh, Bill who was drafted 30 years ago today? Scott. No. Lost. Scott is connected, but not able to speak. Well, yeah. we're going to well, have to finish without. So, Frank, you're going to have to fill in for Scott on the guessing game. Well, this is, this is Thurman Thomas. It is Thurman Thomas, yep. This, this is the greatest second-round draft pick ever, maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe not. Like, but he's got to be up there. Yeah, he's in the um, for sure. He's, he and Jim Brown, the only two guys in history to lead the league in total yards from scrimmage for four straight seasons. He was an NFL MVP. He was the reason, you know, a lot of people, you know, wonder why the Bills were able to always get Miami's number when they had just as, you know, great a quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and a really solid defense, too. It's because Miami didn't have much of a running game. The Bills had this guy in every year. 17 out of 22 times, the Bills beat Don Shula during the Marv Levy year. I think he's a big part of that. They would not have gone to four straight Super Bowls without no. him. Sure. No, absolutely not. He is, he is the Thurman Thomas. Yes, Thurman, Thurman Thomas, you got it right. After we definitely, you definitely didn't hear us say that. <laughs> See if I can get Paul back on too. Uh, yeah, no, we were just talking about how he's he is in the discussion of possibly greatest um, second round pick of all time. Uh, with uh, to, Paul had mentioned Jim Brown, and uh, and I mean, you know, they don't go to four Super Bowls without him. He's he's truly a great. I think it's great that they never actually had to. Um, pass on him the first time because they didn't have a first round pick. So, you know, they yeah. were the first people to take him and yeah. uh, ran behind a guy named Barry Sanders. 
So yeah, so it was a good a weird deal. Any other thoughts? On the good backfield back in the for the uh, the cowpokes back. In the yes. Uh, well, it looks like Paul is unable to rejoin us, and he, as he's fulfilled his his um, his role in the same bill history, I think we should probably just move on from here, um, which is to end the podcast and to say thank you so much for listening. Um, I know Paul appreciates it, and I appreciate it. We're gonna get this down a little bit better. We're, I, we'll talk about it offline, Scott. But I'd like to try one or two, two more times with this pod, this this app to see if we can really get it to work. Okay, um, but it wasn't. It, when it when it's working, it's great, and then when it's not working, it's a little weird. So, uh, if the podcast sounds a little yeah. disjointed, everyone, we apologize. We're working on it. Um, but until next time, thank you so much for listening. On behalf of Paul, my name is Frank. That's Good night, that. everyone. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Buffalo Bills Maybe Next Year podcast. We're so happy you could join us. Find us online. You can go to facebook.com backslash bbillsmny, or we're on Twitter at bbillsmny. Email us, bbillsmny at gmail.com. And to find this podcast, search Buffalo Bills Maybe Next Year in just about anything that has podcasts. You can also go right to our Anchor page where we are hosting our podcast, anchor.fm backslash bbillsmny. If you get the Anchor app, you can interact with the show and follow us directly there, including sending things like voicemails and doing other fun things. So we'll hopefully see you around. Until then, have a great day.